your mercy in the name of Jesus we ask for mercy tonight we want to be able to connect your will tonight Father we ask for your help and sight to be able to see your will and yield to your will in the name of Jesus Father tonight we pray for help upon our heart to coming to the right meekness of heart would you be able to receive your word Amen. in the name of Jesus Amen. oh father we, we pray we pray for help to my heart to feel oh father we so so feet upon the pie to feel father we pray we ask for help tonight. Help us to yield to you. To yield to your spirit. Sophina Mahata Peria. Safina Mahalfin. Mahalfi. Mahalfi. Me to feel. Father, we pray that the grace to connect wisdom in your thought tonight, you will release for each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. Father, you are you are our Father. We declare that we are clueless still regarding things concerning your life, concerning your hidden wisdom. We ask for mercy, Father, to grant us entrance into your things Amen. and your life tonight in the name of Jesus. But let blessing flow. Let life flow upon each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. Help us. Help us to yield to you. Help us to connect you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayer. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, you're welcome tonight. Can you just say hello to thy neighbor? 
How you doing? It's good to see your face. A neighbor should answer. Amen. Good to see you. Amen. Um, the Lord is our strength tonight. Uh, okay. Time is a bit gone, so I hope to just talk for a few minutes. And then we should be on our way home. Amen. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So I'm going to read from the book of. Uh, <clears throat> I think I'll start from the book of John, chapter ten. I think I read from verse one, and I'll go from there. <clears throat> one. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he called his own sheep by name and leaded them out. And when he put forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And the stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. These parables speak Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he speak unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hurling and not the shepherd whose, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. 
and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and cared not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold, and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm going to go back to, to verse 10. But before I do so, I think I'll just talk a little bit. I know on uh, was it last Tuesday we were talking about the need to really is increase. We're talking about adding uh, or growing, really. The the art posture, the attitude, which we should embody to grow. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And uh, we began to see uh, the importance or let's say the, the nature in scripture of adding yeah. to things. Because God is quite particular of raising a building. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And let me put this way all. Because when, when God is raising a building, what is also raising are souls. And when souls are raised, uh, there is progression of life inside that soul. Amen. Amen. So, uh, let me see if I can quickly open it. And I know we read it. So, we, should, we have an idea. I'm just going to quickly glance through it. Amen. It says in verse Second Peter chapter one verse five. Say, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to temperance and to and to patience, godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. So if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall never be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we know that it's here it's important that we increase so that we, we should that we should not be barren in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and you see that that verse five here up until verse eight was Peter's explanation. Of things before that, uh, from v- verse one to four, it says, 
Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and of our Savior Jesus Christ, a grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Said through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue. So whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these she might be partakers of the divine nature. Now, this I say uh, part this part partly, partly greeting. This greeting, which is partly, I don't know if my English is correct. This greetings is partly uh, to tell us something and or the manner in which they speak if you look at it the thought of the scripture is one so when you see peter and this salutation there's a thought that he's trying to give and if you begin to study scripture you can see that it's the same thought you see in peter second peter one it's the same thought you see in romans uh Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, Timothy, or even though Timothy, uh, Titus, Philemon, those are pastoral epistles, but still it's still the same thought that you find there. Then if you begin to excavate uh, scriptures, Let's say from Genesis, and now begin to see that it's actually the same thing that the scripture has been saying from Genesis to Revelation. But what you just see that is full in this book is just the wisdom of the Holy Spirit that is writing scripture. It's not that he just sat down and just started writing scripture. All the stories, I mean, it's not that arranged the stories that they wrote. Right, that form scripture. So everything when they say Holy Ghost is writing scripture, is actually is actually the things that were happening that he was in charge of and making sure that they are written. So for example, the way you see how God led uh, Abraham out of the land, right? How uh, he moved into the promised land, how let's say he journeyed why he was looking for the land, uh, the place where he dwelt, things that happened to him, um, him parting with lots and all that, all those things, as you are reading, the person in charge is the Holy Ghost. And it's the wisdom, knowing how to arrange thoughts, how to arrange patterns, to see, right? And to actually understand scripture. Because he knows in the future, men are going to read these things. And... There is rich well of riches of how it can fetch things from the scripture. They begin to explain the thought to men. Amen. And if you sum up what is the thought, what is what is it that the scripture is all about? It's not about it's not about 
What's that? Okay, let me just. It's not just. It's not just about Abraham journeying and then we can then have something to say in the future which we are journeying, or uh, we began to get riches, right? Amount different things and say, ah, we too. See, things in the scripture is for us. So now that Abraham has riches, we too we can have riches. The scripture is not about all those things. However, those things were written for a thought, for something. Those things explain things. Mm-hmm. And what God wants to explain, mm-hmm. or what, what God wants to write down, is to actually give, give us our journey, the journey, how a soul should journey. Mm-hmm. To the promise. And that's it. Right? How a soul should journey to the promise. Meaning that there's a place where a soul is dwelling. Because where souls dwell are lands. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny that by the time you go from here to here to here to here, to here you discover different lands. You ask this person, you ask that person, how far are you? Where are you? How are you doing? And you begin to have conversation. Then they begin to show, they begin to show their land to you. And then you now begin to fellowship, you have fellowship of lands. Because a, a person is the same. Or when you see men, they depict the land that they dwell in. That makes sense, right? Because when you begin to see, uh, for example now, that statement, or when you hear that statement, a Yoruba man, the reason why you are saying a Yoruba man is because you know that that man you call a Yoruba man is displaying something. An attribute of a land. And that land is the land of the Yoruba people. So when you now see the soul, you're like, ah, it's a Yoruba man. And then you see some people, you say, ah, this guy. Many men, many ladies. See, see the way they are. And especially sometimes, their tongue, maybe the way they speak, you can tell. Maybe you don't know where they are from. Maybe they just open their mouth, like, ah, that is a Nigerian. Or, or if, if you want to now go further, mm-hmm. you know, that Nigerian is, is a land. That one is a nation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then if you, if you want to further divide where he's from, you just say, ah, okay, number one, you're Nigerian. Number two, you're a Yoruba man. Because the way, you, the way you are speaking that English, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you're an Igbo man, or you are mm-hmm. a Beniman, or you are from here, you're from there, or you are mm-hmm. a Calabar, you know, there are different... You now notice that the land, sh- the land where a man is, shapes... The man. Technically, a man is an expression of the land that they dwell in. So we are just we are just all lands. We are all just lands, lands everywhere. When you see this person, you see land. This land. Amen. And you, you realize that it's a lot. Although maybe this is later for later Shabbat, sometimes you realize that it's a lot easier to relate people that are from the same land. Mm-hmm. Even though maybe you don't even know the person. Mm-hmm. I don't know the person, but the moment you identify you are from the same place, that's the point of conversation. Mm-hmm. Conversation has started. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're from here? I'm from there. Too. Oh, wow. Oh, that place. Oh, no, yes, I know the land. I know the land. I know that place. Mm-hmm. 
remember that street? Remember that street that you know, they used to party and know that, that area? Yes, I used to know that place. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. So, you see, you have souls that they begin to they begin to relate based on the land that they are from. And, and, if, and it's interesting thing that souls can identify lands. They can identify people that are from the same place. Imagine you are in a strange place, nobody is talking to you. No, you are just like, ah, I'm alone here. Ah, let me just come, chill. The moment you identify someone from your land, all the shyness will disappear. Why? Because they can speak your language. They can speak what you get. They know. They, they, have, they have the conversation of the land. A lot of things are not straight. So that it, it sort of brings some familiarity. And then souls can begin to relate, engage. And uh, I, mean, I, I know most of us can relate to that. Unless we're extremely shy. And then, you, and then like, oh, okay, ah, you're from there. So awesome. Okay, good. Yeah, meet us from there. If no matter how shy you are, at least there will be that. Hey, hey, so do you, do you really, where, which side of this place are you from? <laughs> so there, there, there will be, at least even though you are, maybe after a minute you are going to disappear and stop talking. You will find something relatable. Mm. And, and you know, that's how, that's how, that's how souls lock together. That's how they find each other. Mm. Amen. <laughs> I don't want to be too. I'll just say as it is, Jerry. Uh, the thing is, the reason why I'm explaining this land thing is to point out something that every soul, every soul has a place which where they dwell, and their their expression of that place. So when you see behaviors, you see attitude, you see. Uh, what what people desire they love is a function of their land. Amen. It's a function of their land. So when you now see, let's say, two two people that they like the same thing, it is easy to quickly be friends, identify, be friends. Ah, so now imagine somebody that likes somebody, somebody that likes car. Met somebody that likes cars mm. and decided talking. Oh, I love cars. Mm-hmm. You know, I love cars too. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Then they, they have something in common. They can easy, but from that day on, it's possible for them to start, they can start exchanging number. Mm-hmm. How fun, how you day? I'm good. Yeah, they, but what connected them together is their interest. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. So that interest is just a function of where they are, mm-hmm. the land they are in, what they are doing in that land. Amen. Now, when you not when you not have friends, when you see you notice you have friends, when you check it, you see most of most of the time you can define with lands where they are in. Because even though this the way the way it is, right? You can be living in a land that seems as if it's just your land, but it's not just that your land. Because in the spirit. You can't, you can't, you don't, the truth is that you don't own any land. Mm-hmm. In the spirit, no, no soul owns a land. Mm-hmm. Every soul is borrowing a land. Mm-hmm. 
be it Satan's land or God's land, it's all borrowed. It's borrowed. It's not, it's not yours. Because the land is all to culture something in the soul. So the land is not there. So you now have people scattered all over. So some people can, they, they, they have, they, what I'm trying to explain is just two souls that they, they live in the same place, but they may not be seeing each other every day. Right? So you can have, I guess the typical example is people that live in one mm-hmm. No, you can live in the same building. This could be anywhere, but just a typical example. You can live in the same building with, in an apartment, let's even say an apartment. An apartment is in the land. You can live in the same apartment with many people, and you may never see your neighbor in that apartment for years. You can even leave that place and never see your neighbor. And there's an apartment I stayed there. No, there are some neighbors I did not, I did not get to meet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I take a elevator every day, up and down. By the time I go out, I, there are some neighbors I have not seen. I did not see. I did not even know live there. Mm-hmm. And then one day, maybe I meet them. Oh, I lived at this. What's sixty hundred? And you lived there. Oh, I used to live there. Mm-hmm. What year? This oh, I was there that year. So you were there? Yeah, I was on this floor. That, you realize that ah, mm. everybody in a rental. <laughs> <laughs> the land you've lived, somebody is also living there. You don't just know it's not your own. Mm-hmm. Everybody is just yes, renting. Yes, so. yes, but sir. as every soul is renting the place, the soul mm-hmm. is culturing the soul. Yeah. Yeah. It cultures the soul. It gives. I'm using that to explain how things enter yes, into souls. Mm. Such that when that soul leaves the land, they don't leave the soul. So the person, the person that was living in 160 Agri can leave 160 Agri, but 160 Agri is still in the soul. Or let me just use scripture to explain it. It's the same way Israel left Egypt, but Egypt did not leave Israel. Right? So all of them, they were happy. Lord, deliver us from these people. You know when God answered, He said, "Okay, Moses, go and take them out of the land." But if you check Israel, they didn't want to leave the land. The land is not their problem. Their problem is the oppression. If you can easily just take the oppression out and leave them in the land, they will be so happy. They will be glad. They will be like, yes, our Lord has done valiantly. Mm-hmm. But the answer to their prayer is okay. Move away from that land. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, the reason why they left is because they don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you give them a choice, they will gladly stay behind. Mm-hmm. How, do you know that they, how do you know that they preferred the land where they were? Is by the time they moved them out of it, they wanted to go back there. They left the land, but the land, the land, they were not separate from the land. It's inside them. So when they moved them out of the land, and they said, okay, let's move them into the Jews, because God had an, has an intent. It is to remove souls from where they find it comfortable. Mm. 
They find it comfortable to stay, to dwell. Amen? Amen. So God wants to move it because that, that Egypt to them is a land full of milk and honey. You know, you know Egypt is also Goshen. And Goshen is awesome. If you want to look at Goshen, don't look at Goshen when they were being oppressed. Right? If you want to really, really understand Goshen, think back to when they just moved into the land. They were flourishing, prospering. See how things were. They, they, they had the king that knows them, gave them everything they needed. They were in, Before oppression came, they were enjoying. It was beautiful. It was sweet. Right? Until the king, we knew not Joseph, came. Which really speaks of another season. And here's the answer. Why am I saying this? Let me even quickly. Let me just see what I'm trying to say. Because, you see, that, that place, right, that a new king came, is, is a switch of season. And that's what Satan does to souls. You know, when, when we begin to enjoy Satan's land, we don't know that there's something coming. There will, there will be a time you will orchestrate a new season where a king you know not will show. And the funny thing is, we'll be oppressed in the land, but we'll still love the land. That's a sin. I don't, I don't know the, the scenario of, of things, right? As to why they decided to cry. I mean, we, we have a side chat, but as to why they decided to leave Israel. <laughs> Well, let me put this, they decided to stop the oppression, but they didn't want to leave Egypt. I mean, Egypt and land. They didn't want to leave Egypt. They love Egypt. They are enjoying Egypt, even in the oppression. Does that make sense? The only problem is that they have been oppressed, but they still loved it. They love uh, cucumber, right? They love the cucumber that was. <laughs> They loved the cucumber that was there. Right? They loved it so much that when they were out and in the wilderness, they were, they were, they were free from the oppression. And that's how you... Just take, the, take a look at it. Like so, you know, it can be free from oppression. But we also... But we love oppression. Yeah. That, that's just what I'm trying to say. Right? so can, can despise oppression but love oppression. I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe ladies can, can go and try to say, you know, there's a way a lady can like a guy and not like a guy. Yes, sir. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Where <laughs> the guy is coming, is coming, is coming, he's like, ah, no, please leave me alone, Jerry. What's, 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 what's all this nonsense? That's going, no, 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 please, I don't have time for all this. And then after, let's say, the guy was chasing the girl for like two, three, four years, five years, six years, seven years. Ah, that's a shy logo. That brother was our patience. Yeah. Eh? And then the baby will still be saying, ah, no, no. But secretly, the baby likes the guy. But when you see the baby behave, Talk, act. It will be as if I don't like. I don't, no, I don't like the guy. No. Who's, who's that guy? Mm-hmm. No, let that guy just leave the 
the girl for few days or the girl see the the babe so the guy with another babe <laughs> you know I see volcano <laughs> I mean, if you want me wait wait but you said you didn't like the guy now so what's the issue <laughs> uh, I, I didn't see. I didn't like the guy. I was just playing. No, actually, there was actually a movie like that. Ah, that's true. It's actually a movie like that. It's called the uh, Misbehavior. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a, it's such, a, it's such a funny movie called Misbehavior. So the, the, this, there's this, there's this guy that was chasing one girl like that. The girl was, the girl treated the guy badly. The guy kept loving her. Can I take you? No, no, I don't have time. I just walk, walk. Okay, don't have time. Okay, no problem. There was a time the guy that came to the office. Oh, I just thought I should take you out to lunch. That was your maid. Seriously, you left. Where do you walk? So you left that office, drove all the way here just to take me to lunch. What are your mates doing? Your mates were are walking. You, you are coming here to take me to lunch. That's what the guy did throughout. There was a time they even forced her to go on, on the date. She went, came back. It was quick. Before, before they left, it wasn't long before they returned. The girl did not even look at the guy. I was, I was just standing on the phone. Ha, hello, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That land, because she's a real estate agent. The guy was just like, ah, it's going on. Land. She had to buy land. She had to sell land. So she left. And after leaving, the guy was frustrated. For a long time, the, me, I thought, you said, you said leave the girl now. You see the girl, leave the girl and go. The guy kept going, yeah, wow, this guy has patience. Lots of patience. Okay, no problem. They want little, 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 almost towards the end. Imagine from the beginning of the movie, till almost towards the end. Ah, the guy, guy still they chase the babe. It's not funny. That one day now came, and the girl was like, "Leave me alone! I don't want." I be she be the girl was with her friend. So, ah, see this girl now. Me, I don't have time. See, see her there. Maybe she has time for you. If you like, go with her. Go and have fun. Ah. So the girl left, but the friend now stayed behind because now was feeling for the girl because she has been trying to get the girl with sense to look at the girl. At least just look, talk. Talk normal to the person which he says, use brain. So the girl was feeling bad though. She, she decided to to beg to beg the, the to apologize to the guy on behalf of the lady. She said, okay, do you want to go and grab a drink or something? I'm like, ah. I heard you want to grab a drink. I just I said, ah, something's about to happen here. So they grabbed a drink and that's how they continued grabbing drinks. <laughs> And they kept grabbing, grabbing, and then towards the very end of the movie, the lady that discovered that her friend is not dating the guy because the guy stopped chasing. Then she was angry. And everybody now, now that she reported to us, hey, but you said you didn't like the guy. So why are you angry? So as if she stole your man or anything. So what's the issue? So hey, she did not tell her. Uh, that's not they say uh it's you that did yourself now. So you actually like the guy saying yes I, I like him but I'll just pay her to get her uh, uh, to get 
<laughs> that kind of had to get is not to get at all. It was misbehavior, really. <laughs> Amen. So I'm just saying that to explain that even without the misbehavior and all the anger, the girl actually liked the guy, but was pretending for me how to date. Sometimes that's how we that's how we play with Satan. Yeah. Well, that's that's how Israel Israel loved Egypt, but they when 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 torment came, the only thing they just didn't like is just the torment, but they loved Egypt. So is is there is it love and hate relationship? Mm-hmm. That what was going on. So the moment they moved them out of Egypt, there was there was problem in the soul. Now, what I was trying to explain, what I was trying to explain, is that Egypt is a land of debt. Amen. Amen. Egypt is a land of debt. Israel loved debt, but they hate oppression. Right? But oppression is actually the the the, the oppression is, is the real condition of the land. So the oppression is the real condition of the land. But they thought they could leave the oppression, but take the land. But not knowing that that is a serious problem. Because by the time they want to remove the land out of them, they all died. It is, it is, the, it is the next generation that moved into the promised land. So that's why the scripture was telling us that they were all and say in the wilderness and they all died. I mean, of course, we know that some people entered the, the promised land, so who died? When you look at it, the older the, the generation that came out of Egypt was not the same that entered the promised land. Which might be the case for believers if they don't die the death. They should die for the purpose of gaining life. Amen. Amen. So what I was explaining earlier is that the promise of scripture to souls or to men, the promise of scripture is not many things at all. It's just one thing. And that is life. The promise of scripture, the promise of God to men is life. Amen. Amen. That's, that's, that's Bible. If you ask what is Bible, Bible is the book of promise. What is the promise? Life. Amen. So I'm going to read I'm going to read Second Peter chapter 1. It says, Simon Peter is servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. To them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and of our Savior Jesus Christ. The grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Say, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life as and godliness 
Say his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Say through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue. Now see here, Peter was now beginning to explain what the promise is or how to obtain the promise. It says through the knowledge of him that had called us. Meaning that the way anybody can get the promise is through a knowledge. But the promise to us really is life. Right? It says he has given us exceeding great and precious. Later, let me read it. It says, Whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Amen. Amen. Divine power is for divine nature. It says he has given us exceeding great and precious promises. That by these promises we will be partakers of the divine nature. Now, if you want to be partakers of the divine nature, then you must know what divine power has given. Amen. Amen. So it says here, according to his divine power, in verse 3, has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So if you now take the two together and put them together, now realize that the exceeding great and precious promises really is talking about the giving of life or the promise of life. So life is a promise that we are given. We are given unto exceeding great and precious promises. Amen. That by this you might be partakers of the divine nature. Now, if he has given us all things that pertain unto life, as God and godliness. We need to know what they are. Because you can only be partakers through the knowledge. Amen? Amen. Just through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue. Because it is through a knowledge that we can come into life. So, the promise of or the promise inside scripture, what the scripture promises, or what God promises, or God's promise to man is life. And of course, you see that they said they are promises. Right? Now, which means that it is not one promise, it is many, 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 many promises. So the promise is more than one. Right? Now, that tells us that the promise is broken down into different spheres. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen? So, you have the promise, but inside the promise, you have promises. Right? So, I'll, put, I'll, I'll exchange it, say, in life. Right? Inside life, we have lives. Right? So, we have God's life, which is the promise, which is eternal life. Then inside God's life, we now have promises, which is lives that we must have. Amen. Amen. And that's really what I wanted to explain from here, that the promise is life. Life is in different stages. But the first stage of life that 
we we were promised in itself is called life. Amen. Amen. I know you'll be wondering what am I saying, right? Because the promise is life, but the first stage is life. What am I saying? What I'm really saying is what scripture calls life with wisdom, we need to understand if it is actually God's life or God's life giving life. Does that make sense? Now, God's life is the ultimate life. So the promise is eternal life. Because that's why they call it eternal life. But in scripture, you see things like everlasting life. And you see things like, you see living, living, living water of life. You see a water of life, right? You see life, life, life. Then you have uh, everlasting, eternal life. They are all lives. But those lives are not the same. Because God needed to figure out a way to bring men to the promise. And how he's going to do that is to give them life. Amen. Amen. Because anything that is not alive cannot in any shape or form inherit God's promise. Whatever is not alive. I mean, I mean it makes sense now, isn't it? So something needs to be living. It makes sense for a soul to live so that it can receive life. Right. So God is living. That he needs to make alive those he will give his life to. Amen. Amen. So in that saying, he said I said I mentioned that the the first promise of God of, of the first promise of God is life. And there is a, a provision of life for men. The way men can move can gain life is by movement from a land to another land. Because the the activity of a land like I said is to install its life inside men. Right? So when a, a man dwells in a, on a land, you will find the life of the land inside them. Like I was explaining, you know, the Yoruba guy, you know, where you are from. Notice that what makes, when you say a Yoruba man coming from a Yoruba land, when you say Yoruba, is really the land they refer to. Right? For is a Yoruba man because in a land, in a particular land, in a particular place in Nigeria, there are a group of people called Yoruba men. Why do Yoruba people dwell on that land? So when you now get there and you begin to live there, and you are not Yoruba, you realize that over time, if you stay long enough in that land, you too you will become Yoruba. So what is happening? I mean, the land can shape. The land is shaping. Yeah. Is shaping so when you move there, out the thing about land is that the lands don't the land itself doesn't speak. How land speak is by training men. So when you now begin to look at the people that dwell on the land, they can now tell what the land is. This land is evil, like like Reverend was telling us Las Vegas. 
Yeah. See that land? There? How you know the land is the thing? You the land there, you just begin to see mm-hmm. things. Are, ah, see, there's something evil about this land. There's some something. Something is not right. But what are you seeing? It's just expression of life. Things are there. The way people do things, the way people talk, the way they arrange things. You know, there is a different life in every city. Mm. Yes. Yeah. All these all cities don't have the, ex, yeah. the same expression of life. When you come here in Winnipeg, yeah, Winnipeg, there's a different life here entirely. They're just, they're just, well, you're just different. Mm-hmm. There's a certain way your life will just be. There's a, there's, there's, a, there's a kind of conversation you have, right? Winnipeg is a very interesting land. Uh, when you move to Edmonton, yeah. the life there is different. The, you don't see the, the culture of people, the way people, the manner of mannerism, the way people. It's a life. There is a life there. Mm. Now, and how you know that ah, no, what I'm trying to explain is how you can differentiate the lives. So you have to begin to see believers that, can, that are living rightly with God. That they love God, their life is tied to God. Mm. Now, because there's a, there's a difference, because there's another one where you can be a Christian, but your life really is not tied to God. Mm. When you look at those people, you look at the land, they are the same. Mm. You, you, you can't tell that there's a difference. Or that if that person come, lives where they are, comes to another place, they can easily tell you are from Edmonton. Why? Because they are, the person is behaving like Edmonton. Who the people in Edmonton, this is what they do, this is how they behave. But it's, it's possible that a soul can live in a land but does not carry the nature of the land. In short, what establishes lives in lands that you see today? No, it's not God's life. Yeah. Yeah. It's not God's life. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting that when you look at it, you'll be wondering, oh, okay, but we are Christians, we own the land, we shall, we shall inherit the earth. Ah, that's, not what, that's not what they are telling you. That's, that's not God's promise. When you get to Winnipeg, the land here, what cultures men here is not God. It's not God that cultured yeah. men. It's something else. Is dead. Yeah. When, you, when you move there, you see a different expression in Edmonton. You go to Calgary, a different expression. Mm-hmm. You come to Winnipeg, a different expression. But when you sum it together, really, it's still dead. Mm-hmm. The only way you can tell a difference is when you see someone exhibiting a different land wow. nature. To some degree, I think that's what used to judge people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eh? When you yeah. see somebody living rightly, mm-hmm. and then yeah. you, you yourself, you're looking like, this person is from a different land. Yeah. But we, in this land, this is what we like. But you, what you are bringing is against us. Mm-hmm. No, no people don't usually like being against. Mm-hmm. 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 And the, 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 I, I, no, I've known that, but I was, I, was, I was going on social media these days in a way. And I was seeing people's conversation. I was just, I just, I was just like, I'm like, so this is how people think, <laughs> because mm-hmm. somebody posted something. Well, just a, the person's opinion about, uh, what was that post again? Was the person's opinion about uh, there is this thing that just recently happened about somebody that was racist. The guy was like, oh, I don't spend time explaining racism to people. Uh, it's possible when you when you when you racism is a function of something something something. But if you spend time, uh, you are just wasting your time. 
they they still might they won't change because you can't just okay because they they think the people that are racist need to be educated when you educate them they stop being racist so the guy was like it's a waste of time trying to explain how not to be racist to a racist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. why because that's not the issue mm-hmm. the i think what we'll get to is that the issue really really is the person mm-hmm. the person's idea and the way they are mm-hmm. if they don't choose to change there's no amount there's somebody that commented in the in the in the comment i don't agree <laughs> i believe the reason why most people are racist is because they lack knowledge and they are ignorant when you when you open them and expose them to it they might change i just laughed <laughs> but when i saw that come out i'm like so you read this person's post mm-hmm. and the only thing you can say mm-hmm. is you don't agree you believe that this way i just laughed why because in real sense the person, like, there's no amount of education you can give. Here's the thing: Do you think the person that is racist does not know that it is wrong to be racist? It is you that not have grace to go and educate him or her. I don't think racist. Racist. Of course not. That's not going to change. And then you now begin to look at. People, I don't, so the reason what I'm trying to bring out of there is the part of the reason why that so is angry at that comment is because that the, the post does not agree with their thought. Now, if the post was about how oh, racism is increasing, we just need to educate people, and, and then the, the next comment would be, Yes, I agree. I believe part of the problem is you just said you couldn't have said it any better. What they identify with their land. Now that post, the moment I mean the person just put it's just an opinion. It doesn't have to get you angry. You don't have to dispute what they said. I say, oh yeah, yeah, well, I also think that they do I mean, see simple Abby. But the person took offense at the post. And when you now look at it, you now realize that really it is easy to be friends when when uh, ideas agree. When the ideas and you know some sometimes it's open, right? That oh this is my idea, that's your idea. Now what I'm wanting to point out is that it is possible for the idea not to be verbal. Mm. Mm. The idea may not be verbal, mm-hmm. it may just be a conversation of like the manner of living, the way they live, mm-hmm. things they give themselves to, things they love, mm-hmm. things they like, mm-hmm. things that when you press their button can quickly take attention those things are almost an agreement in the spirit so when you say ah these things they just they they can live that life as a conversation and they so nearby can pick it and when it so picks it it can read the conversation it can learn it can inherit the same debt and you just have fellowship of debt flowing in, in into one another. Right? Souls can pick it like that. The only way a soul can be defended against such things is by overcoming such life. Yeah. Which means there has to be an introduction of another life mm-hmm. against that life mm-hmm. to begin to re or to begin to cause movement. Mm-hmm. To cause migration. 
Sometimes when that conversation is coming, it is strange to souls. Wonder sometimes all the time. It is very strange. And my point here is this: life is strange to souls. Life is not. Life is not what is so. Can in their senses think and act out as life. In short, every single thing that is so thinks is life. Is a lie. It's not life because life is not <clears throat> life is not defined by the wisdom of men. And when you check what everybody call life today, it's actually wisdom of men. Okay, now if you want, even if you call a random person now, what is life? Well, life is all about learning, walking through, you know, walking through challenges, and you know, just growing and overcoming them. You know, there will be bad days, there will be good times. It's just you know, going through life. Yeah, they go back to the question of true life. Okay, what is that life? Is the life that life is the level that that's the question. What is life? Take every soul on earth, remove the knowledge of God, and ask what is life. Nobody can can tell you definitely that this is what life is. By the time life is explained, what you now realize is that everybody is just talking about their own lust. There is no there is no definite definition of life. Check. Just check it. Anybody that is not a believer is not going, okay, what is life to you? You don't realize that they will be talking about money, having money. They may not say, I want to have money. But they, they, by the time they explain it, they will tell you that they want to enjoy certain t- privileges. They want to enjoy the world. They want to enjoy life. That's the, that's the pursuit of every soul. Life that they don't understand, they want to enjoy it. They can't tell. So people's ideology, definition of life, is wrapped around what they see. But life is not really what can be seen. Life is foreign to men, especially dead men or dead souls. But where souls dwell is actually in the garrison of death. Amen. I'm just spending time to try and explain a few things concerning life. Uh, I don't think I have actually explained it the way I would have gone because there was a thought I picked, but then I I slowed down to do do some explanation. But I'll go back to verse, to John chapter 10, verse... 10 is John 10 10. So the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Now the issue of life, I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. The definition of life that Jesus brought, so I am come that they might have life. I know we've explained this with getting born again. 
which is part of it. But the issue of life is much, much, much more than being born again. Because when we, get, when we are born again, we have a measure of life. But the life, the measure of life we have is a deposit in our spirit. Not fully in the soul. Amen. Mm-hmm. When you look at the soul, you still have... Because the reason for the supply of life is to move souls from dead. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Souls are in dead. There is deadness. Right? Where, where souls were living before Jesus, right, is the land of the dead. It's not in the land of the living. There is a land of the dead. There is a land of the living. The land of the dead is what uh, Ephesians 2 was telling us. So you were dead in sin and trespasses. Right? So there is the land of the dead. And there is the land of the living. The land of the living said, the Lord is my portion in the land of the living. Right? So there is the land of the living. There is the land of the dead. And there needs to be a migration from the land of the dead to the land of the living. And the reason for migration is for to receive the promise. Why? It is inside the land of the living that a soul can take a portion. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. If you are not yet in the land of the living, you can't take God as a... God can be a, your portion in that land. So now when I say land of the living, now I realize that way too. That land of the living is not really the land of being born again. The land of the living is far. It's strange. Someone that is born again today, the land of the living is strange. It is the land, the, what, is, what that soul is familiar with is the land of death. It's death. So what that soul is family as just we are not born again that place uh, gone right because not even alive any in any shape or form but let's say somebody just got born again today check the knowledge in that soul every single thing in that soul let's say a little except a little that God began to work on by the reason of being born again right so get born again maybe they say there's a little there's little 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 but that little life is a provision for to call lives. Right? Because there's a supply. The soul that got born again has not really started experiencing what they call life. They don't. Because that soul can't define what life is. It can't. Even, let me, even, okay, maybe all, all of us, maybe we are hearing what the it's okay, we are hearing what the righteousness, but let's say somebody that is born in Azul, hearing that. If we ask everybody, what is life? We may not be able to, okay, let's say Christians, we have, there's a language we have to explain and answer everybody, right? We ask, what is life? We say life is God, let's say the life of, life is really, really, um, uh, Believing in God. I can't even say that. What do we say Christians? What do we say the life is dead? What do we used to say life is dead? I mean let me I'm trying to remember what I used to say life what life is dead. 
I know when you ask me what is life, I'll probably just tell you uh, getting born again. Because yeah. what, uh, what you say, and I, I know that's John 3 saying, for some also love the world that whoever believes should not be able to have everlasting life. So, life is what we call everlasting life. So, okay, so what does that mean? Is that uh, when you get born, when you believe in God, yes. you will not die. Mm-hmm. You will have everlasting life. It means that you will not die. You will live forever in heaven. Mm-hmm. So that will start to, to, if you ask us, that's what life is. Mm-hmm. To live forever in heaven. Mm-hmm. But that's not what life is. Because then, you know, okay, so the life that you now refer to on earth while you are here and living, and you say, well, I want to enjoy life. What is that life? You know that life has a, has a name, has a definition. Right? If I ask, what do you want to enjoy? I want to enjoy life. <laughs> ah, I just want to enjoy. I want to chop life. Oh. If I ask you, what is that life you want to chop? Right? Mm-hmm. It won't be beyond things you can see. Yes, sir. That's true. It won't be beyond, if, if, if you check it at most, it won't be beyond things you can do with money. Mm-hmm. Abby? Or let me think about it. What else? I mean, when you think about enjoying life, that's what I think about now. Okay, let's not say it's not about money. Then you say, wait, what is it? Going to work. Um, what is this? Making money, right? Making money. Being able to travel. That's what people, they like traveling. So that they crave traveling. Ah, I want to travel, travel. Okay, what else? Um, not to be able to drive certain cars. When they talk about the when they talk about life, there's a there's a particular picture, right, of the enjoyment of what life is. But that picture is not really what life is. Now, I'm going to make a statement because I'm trying to round up because I don't want to take much of our time because I'm already I'm already spending a little bit. When you look at that, what they define as life. It is not. It is not something that God calls life. In short, what God calls life, not something you can quantify with anything visible. Right. The only way you can measure it is inwardly. Right. A soul that is alive knows it is alive by the measure of life that is deposited in it. And the only way you can test it is by that soul rest that soul's response to God. If you want to check how, how alive someone is, is it litmus test? The spiritual litmus test is to check how much response does this soul have to God. That is how they can tell if a soul has life. But when you look at it, we are not we, we are not structured to define life. What am I trying to say? It means that what we call life is a strange thing. What we are all calling life is when God looks at it, it's strange. It is seriously strange. It is really what the voice of a stranger has created. What souls call life today is totally... When you you go into the heavens, you look for it. You find, ah, life, life, life. Where is it? They can't can't tell it. It's it's strange. Because 
heaven, the way heaven defines life is by what comes from God's throne. What God is issuing out. Okay, what God has wrought inside those inside angels, beings. If you now begin to compare that with what we call life, you now realize that what we carry is dead. In short, sometimes what we are using to serve God is that debt that we carry. Now, am I saying we should not enjoy? I don't use the word life now because I'm against that word. Now, what I'm saying, am I saying you should not enjoy things that you can find on it? No, that's not what I'm saying. But if you, our definition of life is tied to any of those, or if you call enjoying life, whatever you call life enjoyment, is found in things we can see, what we are carrying is dead. Simple as that. Because the reality in the spirit does not, the life God promised has nothing to do with what you can see. Right? Even Abraham, that they said he should leave his land, he said he looked for a city which had foundation whose builder and maker is God. To, to him, it means that the promise, he knows, he knows that the promise of Isaac. He knows that that, that city which had foundation, if you ask me, it is the new Jerusalem, the new city. He's looking for it. Because inside there, if you want to know why you'll be looking for it, you just go to the book of Revelations and let's see what they, what they are telling us is coming out of that city. You can tell that the city is a, is, an ex, is, is, a, is, is a full expression of God's life. How? It is, the city is no longer using the candlelight. It's no longer in darkness. Amen. Unlike Israel, where the, the, the order of life is defined either by the sun, right? That's the lowest form. Or by the candlestick, which is a lot more better. Right? Or by the glory of God, which is in the Shekinah glory, which is in the most holy place. Those things, they are life officiators. Amen. Amen. So the sun officiates a kind of life. The candlestick officiates another kind of life. There's a convert, and there's, there, there has to be a conversion. So there's a conversion from the sun to the candlelight. And to, and the other truth is that the, this this light which is the sun, it's not God's own light. That sunlight is not God that gives. The light that God gives, really, the first light that God gives to every soul is coming from the holy place. That's the light God gives. So the light outside, that the, or the light outside, which is to culture a different kind of life, Right? Because what light does is it cultures life. Right? Light cultures life. So the light that is outside, which is the sun and the moon, is not God's own light. It's not God that gave it. Now, don't, let's, don't, let's not confuse that with the light uh, that God created, you know, the sun, the moon, and then on the first day, on the third day, on the let's not confuse that. Right? 
there's a light in the spirit called the sunlight. Right? So that there is a light of the sun and of the moon in the spirit. Right? And that light is is not is not God that gave it to men. Right? Because God's own light is different, which cultures life. Now, if you want to be if you want to interpret the sun and the moon, then you see what life it gives to men. How the sun rises, it tells you to rise up, go to work, chase money, right? After you chase money, think about the night, right? Now you can have different night season, you know, the literal night, which is you went to work, the night I'll rest, but you can also think about the night, which that's when you are old, right? And then begin to structure your life, okay? Now this one. Let me walk, 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 walk. Do RESP, RRSP, all those things. It's not it's RRSP, retirement savings plan, all those things. You, you structure your life, then you can start to walk in, start walking, start walking, and then be planning for that night. Right? That's how some of us act. We just, you know, just do those things. We structure our life around the sun and the moon. What else do we do? Watch movies. Right? We watch movies, we go to dinner, uh, we have birthdays, uh, baby showers, bridal showers, what else? Uh, weddings. What? What? Naming ceremony, traveling. Uh, I'm talking about different things we enjoy, Abby. What else? What else? What else do we enjoy? Driving nice cars, living in a beautiful house, having an awesome job, eating some kind of uh all those things. Bagging multiple degrees. Bagging multiple. Ah! That was another thing. Bagging multiple degrees. (laughs) Those are the things that the sun and the moon defines for men. None None of those things shows. But. You know, you know, you know, and this is how you know that we don't like God. That's how you know you don't like God. When they tell you come to this wedding, eh? Is it wedding? I don't know this wedding. Well, can you say this? When they tell you come to this wedding, and they say, yeah, come, let's go and pray. Who, would, who amongst us will naturally go and pray? Instead of going to the wedding, yeah. in short, the wedding will immediately become a good excuse why we should not pray. Not as the way we think. And you know what's funny? We'll have a perfect explanation of escaping prayer. They are not even bringing wedding. It's just we are sitting around watching a movie alone, just watching a movie, and they say, "Let's go and pray." And then what happened? They now begin to see that. They say, okay, maybe later. Right? But when you check inwardly, there's no, there's no life in the soul. Why? That soul has no... Has, there's, there's, the response to life is little if there's any. Because life itself tests. Are you alive? So when life wants to come, it will check you. Are you alive? Let's... Let's go and do life. Let's do life. How many of us 
How many of us would naturally think praying is doing life? Or reading our Bible? Or giving ourselves to God? Naturally, we don't think that way. Or you don't think, you know, there's, there's a way maybe, maybe you've gone to work and then you've just been high that evening time. That evening time, that after I finish, I just go, I just chill across legs. You have like maybe ah, wings on the side, chin chin, or different things. You just have it and just relax. And then cross legs, just be watching movie. I just, and, and then you'll be hiding that. As we are in it, and then somebody now just arrived. Ah, please, can we, sister, brother, can we please just pray for two hours now? And the moment you hear that, you just all of a sudden you just become sad. The sadness only started that you tell you, oh, I'm sad. No, you just it's inside of you. You know that you just you just know that you are sad. And, if you can't tell that you are sad when they bring God to know, that just means that you are dead. I mean, the dead, the other dead is high. Because that means, I don't know. Well, I mean, the soul is born again. I'm just trying to use it to explain. I mean, at that time, we should be wondering if that soul is born again. Why? Because there should be at least some measure of response to life, even if it is sadness. Ah, oh, life is coming. <laughs> I don't understand how life can become here and we are sad. You know, it's, it's a funny thing. But that's how we live daily. Amen. Amen. It says, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Amen. Amen. So the light, the light, I'm rounding up, the light that, the light that is outside the temple, Right? The light that is outside the temple, like I was explaining, is not God's own light. It is the light that death has given to men. Amen. Amen. Like, I don't, perhaps God will give us grace to be able to, to maybe the next time we'll be able to explain that aspect of death. Now, because it's good to also know it, so we know what death is. Amen. Amen. Why death is what takes people's commitment because we, we were not we naturally live in the land of the dead. That's where they are moving us away from. And it's so funny that you can move you can move away from the land of the dead, right? But that land has not yet been removed. But the first step really is moving you away from the land. After they've moved you away, then they cannot begin to do work to remove the land from inside the soul. That is the reason for the wilderness that they moved Israel into. So, you can now see, the way God arranged the tabernacle, those outside, they are still using the sun, so it means that they are still under debt. Right? And if you look at it, everything men value in life today is tied to debt. Everything men value that they call life is tied to death. But it's, it's, it's a strange thing to death for a soul to begin to find pleasure in a totally different world. Imagine just speaking in tongue can be sweet and just not speaking in tongue. Ah, let me just pray. We should pray for five. 
I mean, I mean, I just wanted to pray that the moment you just say, ah, let me pray, you are discouraged. Like I was saying, sadness, sad, you are sad and you are discouraged. Here's the funny thing nobody is disturbing you, nothing is stopping you. You know, there are times you have an excuse. The time you have an excuse, you, you may be sad, but you quickly give the, use the excuse to not be sad. You know, there are times that there is nothing you are doing, you have no excuse. That's the time the sadness is pronounced. Because you know there's nothing you are doing with your life that you can now say, ah, let me not do this thing. Right? It means that that, that is a sign that something is at work. It's dead. It is, it, is, it is available plenty in the soul. That's what Satan taps into. When he wants to limit men. When he wants to hinder men from God. And but if if you naturally escape, let me say, explain God away, right? When there's nothing to do, all those things, you know, you can easily look for something to do. You can just carry the remote quickly. On, on. Just wonder, why is my soul behaving? Why is my soul finding some direction in that area? It's because the soul loves death. It likes to dwell in the land. When you uproot a soul from a land, it is painful. It doesn't like it. It doesn't. Amen. Amen. So, souls that they've not removed death from can still be under the sun. Right? It is, that, that, that's the picture of a soul. It's under the sun, but it's not a Gentile. It's an Israel. But it's still under the sun. Both the son, both the Gentile and Israel, they are both under the same sun, right? It's still the same sun that is ruling the two, just that they are classified differently. So when you look at the the life of the two, it's still the same. What Israel love is still cucumber. Eh? Egypt is what they have there. The nothing has changed. I know what's funny. They've changed their meal, yet they love cucumber. The complaint, take manna. He said, Ah, is it manna will be eaten every day? You know, sometimes that's our complaint. Is it is it tongue and prayer every day? You're not saying it though, but your soul is saying it. And how is and how he's saying it is turn on that TV. Play that movie. But you're supposed to be praying. You're supposed to be engaging in the things of God. Here's a question: what should I be doing with my life? The only thing a soul should be doing with their life, really, is going after God. Chasing after God. If a soul is not doing that, it is clear, death will still find expression in that soul. It will find expression. Amen. So there's, there's a need for converting a soul from the sun, that, from the light of the sun, right, to the light that is in the holy place, which God give for service, right? It's God that gives that light. That's the, that's the true light that God gives first. Amen. Now, I know I've explained this a while back, and that is in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, right? Say, God, who had commanded the light to shine out of darkness. You see that the light that God commanded to shine is the light that is in darkness. 
which is the light in the holy place, the, the candlelight that I was explaining. So that candlelight is the light that God has commanded to shine. So the light God gives, really, first is the light of Christ. Because the light, the candlestick is Christ's own light. Right? Which means it is the life of Christ. Because that light will culture a different life. Without light, you can't, you can't see migration. You can't migrate. So there needs to be a migration from the land of the dead into the land of the living. But that migration itself is a long journey. Which is why souls must pant to continue to keep looking, keep longing for the true light and the true life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, I hoped uh, I have tried a bit to explain this, but God will help us to be able to to break these things down further. But I guess I'm just. The main explanation is just there's a need for immigration. Souls must migrate. There's a place where our soul loves. There's a place. I mean, the, the our former life we love it. I know that maybe we are we are passionate about the things of God. And I say, I don't know what but there there are some secret places where death is hiding. Places that you can't you, don't, you may not even know, but. It's just, it's just sweet. It's just convenient. It's just easy to be there. And we can be like that for years. We can stay like that for years without knowing. Why? Because the, the life of God must be revealed. When a soul is not open to revelation, when a soul is not giving heed to revelation, that's when we still suffer darkness. Or let me say, the migration from darkness to light will be slow if it moves at all. Amen. So what should we be fighting for? Is for to move totally from death to life. Amen. Can we just begin to pray tonight that everyone will give us grace, help to move totally from death that great, wherever we are still dwelling wherever we are still dwelling in the land of the dead wherever we are whatever we are wherever we are in the land of the dead that ever will give us grace for to migrate that we move from a strange land fully what that God will shine his light will command his light to shine to us because when his light shines, we can see the land. We, are, we can see the need for to migrate. Can we just pray that everyone will help us with mercy for his land? Mercy for light. To be able to see life. To be able to see life. To be able to see life. It is difficult to see life. Help us to see your life. Help. Help for life. Help for life. Thank you, Father. 
In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your kindness. We thank you for your word tonight. We thank you that I'm exalted in Jesus' name. Father, we pray, Lord, that you will show us mercy. You will have grace. You give us grace. You have mercy on us to move to migrate from death to life. I grace to identify death. You begin to install in our soul in the name of Jesus. Father, we don't, we don't want to remain in the land of the dead. We want to migrate fully into the land of the living. We want to move into your life. We want to explore your life. We want to find your life pleasing and find pleasure in your life. Help us to, to shift in the name of Jesus. Help us to desire your life, to long after your life, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you have answered our prayers. For in Jesus' mighty name we are praying. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You